There's a special day for everyone It comes by once a year And for you, my love That day of days is here So Split time fighting answers without a doubt. time will help you figure it out. Split time that you tell the whole world about. Split time. Split time. Hey, you know, why, Maverick? Why did we do that birthday song? What's up with that? You know, if I go back, and a couple things that are weird, I didn't do the, and it's time for the weekly Q&A. Didn't do that. Okay. That's also weird. Probably threw everybody off. But if I go over to my good friend iTunes, and I take a look at uh, Splunk Talk in, I could look in the iTunes store, but I could also look under podcasts, and Splunk Talk number one was released on Friday, June 4th, 2010. What's today? Yeah, it's 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 fr- Friday, July 3rd, but you know, Friday is never the same exact age here. So we're 1 years old today. I'll contrived applause for an audience that is pre-recorded. Um how about like this? I like that one a little bit better. Happy birthday Splunk Talk. This is pretty awesome. And what is really, um, really great, other than um, goats, is um, is that the listener base has been growing like great over the past year. I mean, I need to go back and look at the analytics for the first week. We're probably at like sixty people, and um, today we're now up to um, what? Are you, where, where do we find that we go to? bit.ly slash Splunk Talk Analytics. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. We're um, the audience size, which means folks that are downloading, clients that are downloading this week is up to 764. It's quite awesome. Um, And so we're really, really stoked uh, on the fact that y'all listen. And uh, of course, we don't know if you actually listen. Uh, Let's assume that you are listening because the the downloads are going up, but um, we do know that you're downloading. We know what city you come from and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you can actually check that out on the public analytics over at Splunk.tv. Uh, you click on Splunk Talk or check out the uh, good old um, bit.ly slash Splunk Talk Analytics. So, uh, and thank you for hanging out with me for a year, Maverick, at least for the Splunk Talk project. This is kind of cool. Splunk Talk. Hey, alrighty. Okay, in uh, typical fashion, um, I think one of these days we had have one of those just general chat sessions. Uh, not rant, but chat. But today we got some Q&A. Uh, oh, I have a question for you, Maverick. Oh, yeah, it does. Go ahead, shoot. Um, hmm. Can I use transaction command to group events together from two different sources where different fields have the same value? Whoa. What's up? Uh, What's, okay. What, what, uh, what, hey, give me some background on this. What does this mean? Yeah. So yeah. So this um, we've answered this question before. I think in other episodes. Um, 
And I think the common way to talk about it typically is with using what we call field aliasing, right? Where you can uh, actually inside the manager, Splunk manager, you can set up an alias or one field that may be a different name and a different source. You give it the same name and then you transaction on that same name. Um, but, uh, but I think what this question is, what I, if I hear it correctly or kind of rever- kind of give it back to you the way I hear it is, I, you know, I may not have that alias set up and I want to kind of do it on the fly in the language. So, so what you would do is guess what you would use? You would use what you just talked about. The eval command has a function that comes with it called an if function. So you can actually, uh, pipe to an if, uh, an eval with an if function and say, if the source type is source type A, then uh, use a the field that's uh, from source type A. And if it's a uh, source type B, use the field from source type B and then put it in what, what, uh, what sometimes people refer to as a unified value or unified field that you create with the eval command to hold the uh, either one or the other, depending on which source it's coming from. And then you pipe the transaction right after that to your new unified field that you've created, thus aliasing it together on the fly with that eval if statement right before the transaction. So it's just another way to do it if you don't have time or you haven't gotten to a point where you're, um, or if you're not allowed to go into manager, what if you're That's not allowed a good point. to go yeah. update it, yeah. right? Because I was going to say- You can totally well, still do it. Yeah, I was going to like, dude, you could just go into manager and do field alias, right? And yeah, but sometimes you don't have so maybe you're admin yeah access. maybe you're not an admin and they're not allowed to create that's that's actually a really good point and why the search language is powerful. Um, I have somebody that's working on a problem like this right now where they want to track activity, and they want to go with like through you know from remote desktop to the Windows Security Event Log to the firewall and all of that, and all these events have different different field names for just the gosh darn source IP. So that's so what you're saying, Maverick, is coalesce all your fields around the same field name. So maybe you, you do your eval and change mm-hmm. like source network address and change that to source IP. And uh, you know, maybe you have a couple other ones, change them all, get them all lined up to source IP and then transaction on that, right? Yeah, that you call it my source IP, so it's okay. a unique field name. Now, if you're going to do more, like what you're saying, though, like we're going to do more than just two, because if is like if or else, right? If this, else mm-hmm. this. There's a I've seen one trick I've seen where you nest another if where where the uh, the value you return is eval. You do an eval again of another if embedded in there. That's a little more uh, sophisticated, and, and I think it kind of doesn't look read as well. Um, and we have another one called case. Yeah, you can so eval in case, case, and then that can then you can have more than two. And you can say, if it's this source, use this field. If it's this source, yeah. Then you would you could do four of them, case four of them out, just like you would in a scripting language using a case statement. I need it's to the use case. I, I need to use case a little bit more because that's uh, that's quite cool. I had, a cu- I had a customer, I'll tell you, I've never done more than two or three when I've done it just in my job, right? What we do every day. But I did have a customer send me an, uh, like a paying customer that's been paying uh, for the Splunk license for about a year now and sent me a, a query that he did. And he had like, I don't know, like 50, I think he had 50, 50 different uh, statements all in the same search. And it totally worked. He found the alerting because he was trying to alias all these different IP addresses with the um, uh, the CIDR address. And, right. you know, this is the, the way that we do the CIDR extraction or the CIDR match. It didn't, it wasn't exactly what he needed. He wanted to augment a few more things. So he actually had a valid case for doing a case mm. for all these different particular known IPs that he had and known ports that are that go with it and um it was very interesting he, he gave him english names as a re, as a result 
difficult, you know, to make his uh, report all nice and formatted. So it was pretty interesting. Sweet. But I've never that's the first time I've ever seen that many in one in one uh, statement. So that's pretty awesome. Um, let's check out splunk.com slash page slash events. Um, stuff that's coming up. Oh, I always, you know, at least for at least for the time being, we're going to remind you about user conference. And I guess they've got a lot of the sessions nailed down. We're doing um, a couple of things. Yep. If you're going to user conference, um, awesome. Uh, we're going to do a Splunk talk from there, and uh, you know, maybe I'll do some streaming video. So um, I'll try to get a table and maybe something a little bit more official because we don't, last year we had a couch, and that was cool. And we had a sign, but this year we're in a different facility, so we don't really have a big area. So we'll figure that out because um, we'd like to talk to you on the show if you ask questions and all that. Just come on the show and we'll try to answer them or just you can chat about whatever the heck you want. Um, user conference has training. So if you want to actually go and get trained on Splunk, you can do that. That's training is its own cost. But um, there, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of cool things. There's a meet the support guy thing, which is like in the solutions lab where you can actually sit down and talk to somebody about a problem that you're having, not about your childhood, although I'm sure Macarine would listen. But uh, I'll, I'll listen. If you want to talk about it, I'll listen. Yeah, that's I'll right. Maverick will listen. Maverick is uh, a very unique individual. <laughs> No, I, actually, I won't listen. I'll probably tell you to go go take a hike. No, just kidding. Right. Uh, no, but the support guys, I think the cool thing about the support guys is that at Splunk, they're very, very unique and very different than most companies I've ever worked for with a support group. Um, you know, we were just, they're phenomenally uh, experienced and um, and just really wicked smart. And uh, But at the same time, it doesn't go to their head. Like, they're not egotistical about it. They're, like, really willing to listen to you and want to learn. They want to know about you and about what you're trying to do with Splunk. Um, and that's just, you don't see that every day in most companies when you talk about support people. Yeah, those guys are great. There is a solutions lab that they're doing it to, so you can go check out all the different apps. Like if you've never really had a chance to get a demo of Enterprise Security Suite or you want to just monkey around with it and ask people questions, there's that. Um, there's a bunch of sessions that are going on, which is cool. And uh, it's going to be a, a fun time in San Francisco. And, of course, that is uh, the second, second week or so of um, August in San Francisco. And, you know, um, if you now is a good time. If you haven't requested to your boss to go, um, you know, this would be one that you'd want to go to. Uh, if you can go to conferences throughout the year, and if you're an IT person, uh, you absolutely should def definitely check this out. So um, have you done the question for you, Maverick? But it's a question for everybody. Yeah. Uh, in the city that you currently live in, are you considering or have you hosted a Splunk user group slash meetup? I'm trying to get one. I blocked about it, actually. I'm trying to get one in Dallas, Fort Worth area. Um, but... Uh, and, and you know, I was thinking, I actually inspired someone in Pennsylvania. If Good. that means, I got a comment the other day that the guy's like, hey, you inspired me to start one in Pennsylvania. So I know it's probably leading to some inspiration. That's good. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that we should all be trying to get them going. Um, there's probably, chances are you're going to have enough people in your city that probably use Splunk now that would be, love to get together and talk about Splunk things. Yeah. Related things. You know, um, I've been waiting on this for a while because I live in Austin, Texas, uh, home of the Longhorns. Uh, 
Although, you know, I'm not, I didn't go to UT. Um, so I don't have any allegiance. So if there's any Longhorn haters, don't hate on me. That's all I got to say. Okay. Anyway, don't be hating. Don't be hating. There's, there's a lot of stuff coming out, you know, or there's a lot of uh, user groups. I mean, people have done them in, in a number of cities. Uh, if there, check this out. If there is an, a user group in Cleveland, then Austin definitely needs one. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> there must be enough. Hey, don't be hating. I'm not hating. No, I'm not be- hating. Yeah. Not hating. Hurricane Labs is hosting it. Okay. It's uh, well, for, for the international audience. That's in Ohio. It's the state of Ohio. Ohio. Cleveland. Yeah, people Ohio. do joke about Cleveland, but um, there there's uh, a user group there that's going on. They're calling it Splunk Local versus Splunk Live. That's interesting. I don't know anything about that. But that's 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 Maislin doing that. David Maislin. Oh, he calls. He, he's. Start- He's calling them. I guess he got with some of the marketing guys, and they're just remarketing it to say it's going to be to where I think it's getting more traction. I guess marketing wise to call it Splunk Local versus like a like a Splunk Live is more of like when everyone's coming from corporate, right? And they're traveling with it. Um, Splunk Local is more of like a Splunk Live for the local area. That's a cute name. That's a cute name. Okay, I guess I can get with that. But whatever you want to call it. Um, So I contacted everyone I knew in Austin. And by the time this airs, there's a good chance that we will have already had it. So I'll give you an update on it. But um, if it hasn't, we're at Splunk.com slash, or sorry, meetup.com slash Splunk. Meetup's pretty cool. If you've never done a meetup, you can just say, I'd like to do a meetup and uh, start inviting people. And then you end what ends up happening when you do these meetups or when you use meetup is you end up sort of having a discussion online uh, where you can go in and change the date and you can kind of talk to each other and, and propose an agenda and all that kind of stuff. So um, we're hosting one. It looks like it's the 22nd of Jan- June at National Instruments here in Austin. Um, might Ooh. might get moved, but, you know, meetup.com slash Splunk uh, will we'll give you all the meetups and, and uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. We're going to try to make it cool. I think if... It is at National Instruments. I'm probably going to try to webcast it. So maybe I'll tweet about that and see if uh, if anybody wants to watch what's going on or maybe record it. So, you know, that's cool. And now, now do you send do you send stuff out yourself or is that just from the uh, people just finding it on meetup.com slash Splunk? Well, what I did is um, all I just sent out an email of all the people that I knew that I've worked with here in Austin and basically said, hey, um, you know, last time we were at lunch, we talked about doing a meetup. So I set up a meetup page. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you're not the Splunk person anymore, please forward this to them. And, uh, you know, they've been forwarding around. We have, you know, a handful of people. Ten people have committed to going. It's still in a couple of weeks. So I'd really like to see if I can get, like, you know, 25 or 30 people there um, for the first user group. Uh, and then I told them, I said... You know, I'm building a pool in my backyard, as some of the Facebook friends of mine are aware of. Um, Oh, by the way, I did something on Facebook the other day uh, with Splunk Talk. But um, I'm probably going to have a barbecue out here after the pool is done for, like, the local Austin Splunk community. So if you happen to be in Austin, we'll probably do a barbecue at Wild's house out in Dripping Springs. Uh, We might as well, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, uh, you live in a pretty nice area out there. Yeah, you know, some people would say oh, it's out in the sticks, but um, anyways. Yes, okay, what did we learn this week? 
What do you got? You got anything, Maverick? You want me to go first? Um, yeah, I got I got one thing. I mean, I've learned a few things, but uh, most things we've already talked about uh, related things. Um, but one thing that I just thought was worth mentioning um, that kind of struck me as odd, um, from even for me, um, was the fact that you know how we always like size like when someone asks you, uh, they ask you. Um, so how many CPUs do I need, you know, and you're Correct. like, okay, well, it kind of depends on a lot of different things. And one of the criteria is how many searches you're doing, because usually a, one search equals one core, typically. So, so that's, Why does it equal I, one I, core? Well, it actually, it actually logically equals one core. It doesn't technically equal one core. Well, it's just really that so, it equals one process, and a process one is pro, one, process pro, is one pro, CPU, core. yeah, like a right. CPU core is really... Yeah. So, so, but I'm, so I'm finding out that whenever you submit a search, there's pieces of it that always run on the same core or on one core, but then some pieces that get split out multi-threaded. So it truly is multi-threaded, like we always say, but it, but I, I always kind of got the idea that, that a search ran on a core and was dedicated. It really isn't. It's just, you, but you can think of it as that because of the way that it, it does multi-thread out, um, it's an equivalent to having basically one CPU core uh, per run, so that's how you can use it for sizing. But in reality, you wanna you wanna um, you know you wanna run it on uh, multiple cores. But but you know of course then we get to the whole. I think we've had a discussion on this before too, where you know if you have twenty four cores, is that going to give you be- give you better performance per se? I don't you know. I think that uh, one box with twenty four cores still won't give you as good a performance. Can you get a box like with twenty four cores? Yeah, I think so. Now the beefier ones, like for some of the ones that run these blades and these oh, virtual okay, machine yeah. type thing. Yeah. But, you know, but I'm just saying like if you had, but if you had two boxes with 12 cores, you're going to get better performance than you will with one for 24 just because of some of the other factors as, um, of, you know, having um, dedicated, the de- de- different dedicated machines. Like what we call, I think, job servers, right? Like we talked on some right. of the other other episodes before. Um, well, and then you also have two. with eight. At that point in time, huh. you'd also have two I/O controllers. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah that's that's why two computers would actually be better than well, could potentially be better than one. Although, if depend, that one depending on what you're, right. yeah, de- depending on your search behavior, right? Correct. Yeah, and how much you were indexing and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I just I just thought that's I a good way to think about that. True- the I/O controller thing is a kind of a good good. That's something that you know I'm like. A, a little bit of a storage religion person, but like, I never thought yeah. about like having a second Splunk server for search is better. Also, because you have, you know, save I/O being happened twice, so that's awesome. Um. Yeah. So what do you, what did you learn? You all right. Learn okay. So hold on. Just pause. Take a deep breath because this is going to get technical, and I'm going to try to paint a picture for you. Okay. I'm going to use the word regex. So. And stop the mower. Okay, turn off the mower. Get a uh, get a water. Nah, get a beer. Preferably something with a lime, because you really if don't want to. Ha- you don't want to have a stout out in the water. You got to have like a Mexican beer, like a tecate or something like that. So grab your tecate, put a lime in it. Go sit on the on the um, stairs on your patio and just chill for a second. <laughs> take off your gloves too. Okay, because it might take five minutes. All right. <laughs> So um, I had uh, I had another Splunker call me yesterday who works at Splunk because um, knows I like for some reason I'm good at regex I am I think I am kind of good at it but it's just yeah, it's not are. so much that I can see patterns pretty well so they said um, they had some events this person had some events 
that, um, let's say, were, were being generated from an authentication process. Okay, and the events, depending on what um, service was called in in the process of this app, there'd be multiple subservices that were also called. So let's say if I was accessing it from a mobile device and authenticating, you know, two or three steps were um, were happening. If I was using, right. let's say, accessing it from a browser, but the authentication was going through, let's say, OpenID. You'd have four. You'd have four services that were kicked off. So, okay, hold on. A variable okay. number of services that are in the events: some one, some two, some three, some four. Well, the structure okay. of these events pretty much said uh, there's going to be always going to be a bracket in front of the service call, and then a separate a, a set of comma separated values, and then another bracket down there for the second service call. This is all in a single event. Okay. Okay. So okay. we really wanted to have a multi-value field, except this information isn't right next to each other. Because if you have events right next to each other, or if you have information right next to each other, like two equals Maverick, Joe, Jeff, John, and Jake, boom, you can turn that single field into multi-value fields. But what if I want right. to grab a whole bunch of the same name field from an event? How do you do that? Oh, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's like nested, like you're saying. Yeah. It's it's actually not really nested. It's more repeating. So develop a regex that works. Develop a okay. regex, for example, that if you were to match it, it would match multiple times. So in my case, let's say anytime you see a bracket followed by a word, followed by a comma, followed by a word, because I actually wanted to pick out the second field. Followed okay. by a comma. So let's say we're gonna match on the second. Uh, the second particular commerce separated value within that bracket. Now, if you use, like, I use different regex tools to test things out. So I use a tool called Reggie, and that's produced by Google. And one of the settings in Reggie, um, it's free, just Google code, whatever. One of the settings in Reggie says match all. There's probably mm -hmm. an, actually a setting for regex that does that. But if I click match all, then I can actually see every time this particular regex matches. I had to do oh, some okay. tweaking to make sure that stuff I didn't want actually didn't get matched. But now I have this perfect regex that if it gets repeated, it will pick out every single service name. But how do I make uh -huh. Splunk do that? Yeah, that's that's the question. Right. You can do that with the rex search command. Now, mind you, you cannot do this with a basic field extraction because this configuration option does not exist in the config files. But if you go to rex, if you type in, let's say, pipe it to rex... Type in, type in max underscore match because by default, Rex will match once. Okay. Oh, Rex is field extraction yeah. at the search language. So if you pipe it to Rex, type max underscore match equals, let's say, 50. 10, 10 whatever. Something more oh, than whatever. Yeah. Something more than the number of services that you'll actually have. Let's say 100. Um, okay. And then you, you know, put in quotes, then you put in your regex and you pick out your field. Maybe you call the field service, you know, put in a capturing group and you hit enter. Boom. One, two, three, Boom. four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five. Every single place in these events where we actually had um, a service being used was pulled out. So now I had multi-value fields, which would then let me do transactions, let me figure out which services were being used more than others and do reports and things like that. So... 
Rex Max underscore match. And this is documented, but unfortunately, you can't stick that in props and transforms. So I've requested the developer that uh, writes this, whose name is Letty on Bitnica. He's great. He does transaction. He does cloud stuff. He does all sorts of great stuff. He's a super smart dude out of L.A. But um, yeah. I sent him an email. I think he's in Macedonia or something like that with Igor <laughs> getting married. He's not getting married, but... <laughs> Our, our, one of our guys, Igor uh, Stoyanovsky, I think that's how I pronounce his name. He just got married in Macedonia. And uh, a contingent of Splunkers is over there. And I believe Ledion's in there. So I sent him an email. It'll take a little while for that to actually make it into the product because it's a completely reasonable thing to do. Um, yep. But remember, Rex. So um, what if you didn't want to type in Rex every time? You might do what Maverick does a lot and develop a macro. And put that rec stuff inside of a macro so you could just add that to the very end and maybe you name it something like make my fields and then there you go so that was my yeah uh, well 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 yeah do you, I, I think that's i think that's very cool i didn't i guess i didn't know about that or i didn't think that it defaulted if you did the max it would do multiple so that's that's pretty cool I never run into that myself but that's good to know because i think i can actually i'm actually thinking of a place where i could probably use that right now actually um, but I think, yeah, so the macros, when I create macros, though, typically um, it's if I think I'm going to have variable pieces oh, of it. Oh, use or, it for or, variables. Or, huh? for, yeah, or, or if it's just a whole lot of stuff, it's going to be a whole lot of things. Or if I'm going to reuse it a lot, then I'll do a macro. But um, but uh, but they come in handy. I or like, if it's I a like massive macros. search command, right? That's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just you, And you're going to do it the same every time. Um, like, like, like I said, for example, that one customer that had like 50 case statements, that was a macro. So he could just type one thing and it would translate to the 50. And if he added out another case, he could just add it to the macro and then it would just update everywhere he used it. So it's just a way of abstracting it. So and it also um, makes it a little bit more easy to, to read, uh, when you're actually doing search, uh, cause you're yeah, when you're doing, stuff, yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. So well, cool, man. This was, this was a, this is, I learned, I learned something. This is good. Yeah, and I, you know, this person who works at Splunk who asked me this question, you know, I, it's interesting because I'm sitting here, I was on camera because I use WebEx's camera, and she was like, at the end, she goes, it was really interesting watching you try to solve that problem because, you know, I'm, she's like, you're rubbing your head, my, you know, my forehead, you know, looking yeah. at the screen, making different faces because I'm trying to develop the perfect regex. Once I got the perfect regex, I'm like, huh, can I make it repeat? And so I asked my good friend David Carrasso, and he's like, max underscore match. I'm like, awesome. So I like what it when Splunk... How, how, how are you? What? How was that? How oh, did that go? Are you going to record me? Awesome. There you go. There you go. Okay. Okay. Lovely. <laughs> good. Uh, all righty. Thank you for chilling out with us. How do they get in touch with us, Maverick? Um, well, how do you think they do? Uh, by picking up their guitar. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. No, they send us an email to uh, splunktalk at splunk.com. Okay, See? very good. Something else. Very, very good. Um, yeah, send us an email, splunktalk, splunk.com. Tell people about Splunk Talk. If you, um, if you uh, happen to know anybody who, who doesn't listen, send them an email. We, we, the more people that listen, uh, the better the experience gets and um, you know the more feedback you do. Oh, one last thing. Maverick's got a page on Facebook for Splunk Talk. Um, 
You got to search for it because we can't have a URL yet because we don't have 25 um, followers yet. So let's get 25 followers and we could probably get like a URL like facebook.com slash Splunk Talk. But when I published a podcast, I finally got this whole thing wired up now where when I publish it, it will also post on Facebook on the Splunk Talk page. So if you yeah. use Facebook and you follow the Splunk Talk page, you can then see it there and then just click right on it. It'll take you to um, it'll take you to wherever it is I host it. Probably like my blog, I think it'll take you there and you can play it. So cool. Um, we're trying to get a little bit better about the social media. Eventually, one of these days, we're going to have a website that's better where you can take show notes and all that. But anyways, um, have a uh, thank you for one year of hanging out with us and uh we love you you. and uh we uh hey we still love splunk after a year of talking about this stuff and you know still after a year there's always new stuff to talk about exactly happy splunk happy splunk talk splunking everybody happy birthday There we go. That was good. Okay. I look down sometimes.